This is a presentation of the Woodland Church of Christ, meeting at 3370 Broad Street in Sumter, South Carolina. We meet for worship on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. We meet for Bible study at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday. If you have questions or comments on this lesson, you may email them to Fred Gosnell at fgosnell at ftc-i.net or to Arnie Granke at agranke. 440718 at twc.com. Good afternoon. This is What Does the Bible Say? This is Arnie Granke and Fred Gosnell with Woodland Church of Christ in Sumter, South Carolina. And uh, uh, Fred and I have been talking about the subject of, uh, of prayer. I'm looking at, at the moment at Luke chapter 11, verse 1, uh, where Luke tells us they came to pass that as Jesus was praying in a certain place when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So among the things that Jesus taught his disciples, of course, were lessons about prayer. The New Testament also includes some prayers by both Jesus himself and his disciples. We previously had a discussion about prayer on this program, but it was mostly about the Lord's Prayer, and we uh, titled it The Lord's Prayer. Uh, that uh, was published on uh, February 1st, 2020. So you can find that uh, probably on uh, uh, among our What Does the Bible Say podcasts online, and we encourage you to uh, review it. But we have covered a lot of ground since then, and it's not unusually uh, not unusual, especially for disciples to ask, teach us to pray. So uh, let's focus on some other things which God uh, wants us to pray about besides just the Lord's Supper. Yeah, well, Arnie, I, I guess the first thing we ought to talk about is the fact that... <clears throat> I meant the Lord's Prayer, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing we ought to consider it probably is the, the the spiritual state of the individual. You know, the individual needs to be an, an obedient, obedient worshiper of God. And we find that stated in John chapter 9, verse 31. And, and this, is the, this is the blind man that uh, uh, Jesus healed. And of course, the Pharisees were, were really upset with Jesus because he healed him on the Sabbath day. And they were asking his parents all kinds of questions. And they were asking him uh, about who healed him. And in John 9, 31, uh, one of the things that, that this individual said, he says, Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. So just because you offer a prayer to God doesn't mean that God's going to listen to you unless you have obeyed him and you are a worshiper of him, as uh, the man says in John 9, 31. Uh, prayer is something that we need to uh, learn about. And of course, that's what uh, Jesus' disciples ask him, said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So, so, so we need to find out uh, some things about prayer. And one of the first things then is that an individual has to be uh, an obedient worshiper of God. We certainly need to uh, consider, you know, the, these things when we when we do pray. Uh, and I think that, that it, it's not uncommon for uh, people who have completely shunned God in their, their life to all of a sudden be in a situation 
where they want him to, maybe he's really there. Maybe he can help me, you know, being there thinking and, and they'll pray for him. Uh, I'm not sure that he's necessarily a fire extinguisher or a life preserver. I think he, you know, we need to be uh, worshipers of God and do his uh, his will. We need to pray by the right authority as as well. In John chapter 14, and uh, uh, beginning in verse 13, it's during the, the Lord's Last Supper. And uh, uh, he says, beginning in verse 13, whatsoever you shall ask, uh, in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So, uh, you know, what that has to do with is by his authority. Uh, a lot of times people will put the words uh, in Jesus' name. We, we commonly do that as we, as we pray, but that's not really what, what this is about. There's no harm in doing that and letting other people know that that's, that that's what we have in mind. might not be a bad idea to say it at the beginning of the prayer instead of the the uh, end of the prayer. But uh, uh, what we ought to do is uh, be sure that the things that we're, that we're praying about are the kind of things that, uh, that the Lord uh, wants us to pray about. Uh, not that, uh, oh, we, we want a new car, this thing's so old, and we want to be able to go on vacation, and, and uh, uh, maybe we need uh, to, to send our kid to college or something along that line. So uh, that's, that's not the kind of thing necessarily that, that uh, we're looking at when we're thinking, and then put in Jesus' name at the end of it. Uh, that doesn't make it in, uh, in uh, Jesus' name by any uh, any stretch of the ma the imagination. Paul said it as he was writing to the Colossians in Colossians, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, he said, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and uh, the Father uh, by him. So uh, important for us to, to understand that the prayer needs to be by God's authority. But then again, we need to know where that authority is. So we can't just ignorantly decide, I'm going to pray right now, and I've never prayed before, and I've never even looked at God's word before. Uh, it's a good habit to get into. Oh, yes, of course, you know, you have to start somewhere. And, and sometimes people get in get in a bad jam and, and, and things are really going on bad. And then they uh, suddenly start thinking about God. And of course, that's, you know, it's good to start somewhere. It could be a change in their life. Right. That'd, but, be, able, that'd be good. Uh, uh, Paul was in that circumstance. Exactly. But and, and then uh, Hebrews 11, 6, uh, uh, the Hebrew writer makes a statement there. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, so, so prayer must be based on faith. Now, Romans ten seventeen says, "Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." So, so our our faith has to be based on what what the Bible says, what God says in His Word. So, uh, an individual has to, as the writer says, he has to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Some, you know, some people seem to believe that uh, uh, there's, uh, you can't uh, seek any, any reward in uh, uh, obeying God. Well, that passage says that you must believe that he will reward you uh, for, your, for your efforts. 
So, so, so prayer must be based on faith. And of course, uh, you're, you have to learn about prayer. You have to learn from God's word. Of course, that's what we're doing in this radio program. What's the Bible say about, uh, about what to pray? And uh, so we have to go to God's word. We have to look at the passages that uh, talk about prayer. Uh, one of the passages uh, is, is in James uh, uh, 4.17, I think it is. Uh, says the the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, so you have to be an obedient worshiper. You have to has to be based on faith, uh, based on what the Bible says. You know, sometimes people uh, think that well, if I believe strong enough, then everything will be fine. Well, uh, that's part of it, <laughs> but you've got to believe what God says. You have to believe that He is, and then that He is a rewarder uh, of those that diligently seek Him. So, so our prayers must be faithful prayers based on what uh, God says. Yeah, and you know what? We, we need to pray uh, with the Spirit and with the understanding. And as a matter of fact, that's exactly what, uh, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 at verse 15. He, he's talking about spiritual gifts, miraculous spiritual gifts. Uh, chapters 13, 14, and 15 all deal uh, with that subject. Uh, although not everybody realizes uh, that that fact, but uh, uh, there are several rules about praying that that apply. This is one of them. And he says, "What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also." So uh, there are several things maybe to think about in in that regard. I grew up in a in a denomination in which when we had worship services, all the prayers had been, and they were only two or three sentences long in most cases, or in some cases anyway. Uh, all of the prayers were in the uh, the hymnal, and uh, uh, so you could see. Uh, what the prayer was going to be for next year at this time uh, in uh, there in in the hymnal, and people will will uh, read those prayers off without even necessarily thinking about what it uh, what they involve. When I when I was growing up, my parents would uh, kneel with me by the bed and uh, at night, and and uh, there was a prayer that. Uh, the now I lay me down to sleep prayer, as, as we sometimes speak of it. And and uh, I could rattle that thing off in about 10 seconds, maybe a little longer than that, but pretty quickly anyway. Well, that's not praying. What they were teaching me to do uh, had good intentions to it, but I wasn't really learning to pray. And I could do, I could rattle off the Lord's Prayer pretty pretty quick as as well. Well, that that's not doing it with the Spirit. We need, to, we need to be thinking and feeling of the things that we're talking about in, in the prayer. And the understanding is an important thing as, as well. I actually know people who will sit in church, maybe at home too, and, uh, and they'll jabber things out that have absolutely no meaning, uh, just making kind of noises, you know, and and uh, so what are you doing? Say, well, I'm speaking in an unknown tongue. Well, you know, God doesn't even know that tongue, as a matter of matter of fact. Uh, you need to pray with the understanding. Exactly what are you asking God for? 
and and not into gibberish so somebody will think that you have some sort of a spiritual gift and and you're maybe holy uh, but rather speak in a language that you understand god will understand it uh, but you need to uh, be be speaking from the heart this is what this is what we need to do and and uh, uh, asking you lord uh, to make that happen or help that and help make that happen. Yes, and, and of course, it, uh, those that we see praying in the Bible, uh, uh, we can read their the words that they used uh, and, and the words are written down for us. And, and James tells us, James 4, uh, verse 3, he says now, uh, and, and he's writing to uh, Christians here and concerning their prayers, he says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts or upon your desires. So uh, our prayers uh, must not be uh, based on what, what we want, our selfish desires. And, you know, uh, uh, I think we talked about this last week or so in, in John 6, where uh, Jesus had, had uh, fed, a, I think it was 5,000 previous to John 6. And in, in John 6, they uh, uh, found Jesus and, and uh uh, they were there and Jesus told them, he says, uh, uh, you're, you're not here because you saw the miracles. You're here because basically you're hungry. <laughs> you, you want to be fed. Free lunch. And, 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 <laughs> and Jesus went to uh, uh, teach them a spiritual lesson, but they were there for physical food. So, uh, so they were not able to understand what he was saying because they looked at from looked at it from a physical standpoint. He says, "You've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood." And then, there, of course, they're there looking for food, and and they're thinking, "Well, how can we eat his flesh and drink his blood?" Because they're is this there, cannibalism? Yeah, because they're for a physical reason. Yeah. So, so when we pray, we 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 must not pray based on to satisfy our physical desires. Uh, we want to pray about the things that God wants. You know. We, uh, we have friends, we want to teach them the gospel. We want to pray about that and uh, have an opportunity to do so. Uh, want to, you know, we're uh, uh, struggling with some uh, sin that we're involved in, trying to overcome. We, 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 we can pray about that. But, but the things need to be, we need to learn uh, what prayer ought to be based on. And of course, when Jesus gave us the example in what's referred to as the Lord's Prayer, uh, there's some things in there that uh, we can uh, focus upon. But uh, it, if our prayers are based upon, well, let's see, I, I sure would like to get a better job and because I, I need to make some more money and I, I, I'd really like a new car and, you know, all those things to satisfy physical desires. And the, those are not based on faith. Uh, those are based on uh, physical things for me, uh, not something that I want to satisfy God with. Yeah, as, Don, uh, as James said, consuming it upon your own, your own lust. Uh, maybe somebody would reply and say, yeah, but Jesus said for, for us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Well, that, that's not lust. That's a need of the, of the body. And, and, it's, so, and it's a daily need. It's a daily need. And, and we need not only to ask God to provide for us, we need to do our part in making that provision happen. So we're not going to just sit back and expect God to, 
you know, have DoorDash bring us a meal. Uh, <laughs> rather, rather we, we need to go out and earn it. And, and, and then also we need to be thankful for it. That's a petition that Jesus mentioned with regard to, uh, to being thankful. And we need to pray according to God's will. And I think that that's a, an item uh, in uh, John, 1 John chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 13, John uh, is summarizing some things that he'd said before. He said, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. If we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. One of the things that I, I noticed as I look at some of the prayers that are mentioned in the New Testament uh, is that they weren't just all give me this, give me that, but, but uh, some of them had to do with the... Uh, uh, safety and, and well-being and success of various gospel teachers that were, that were traveling and taking the word of God, uh, praying for the, the word of God to, uh, to prosper, uh, in, in the ears of the hearers that they would, uh, that they would, uh, uh, comply with, with God's will and, and, and obey the, co the, uh, uh, obey the gospel. And, and I think to some degree, our prayer needs to not just be all about ourselves, but, but that we need to uh, indicate that we're a part of God's team. We're, we work for him. He doesn't just work for us. And, and uh, uh, so we want to be praying for the things that he wants. We want those things to succeed that he wants. So let's say so in our prayers. And, and uh, uh, maybe even nothing wrong with making a list of things. Nothing wrong even with writing out a prayer so you won't forget something uh, that, you, that you want to pray about. It's okay to do that, but don't just make up a prayer or, or uh, uh, read a prayer and then, and then say it by rote or just read it off and now I'm done, I can, I can go back to watching a football game or whatever it is that you uh, have interest in doing. Right, uh, check the box and press on. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be a lot of people think that way. We've got to be careful too that we don't think that way. Exactly. So, so, so let's just look at some of the topics that uh, we find uh, that the Bible talks about concerning uh, prayer. One of them is in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And of course, what we're going to talk about, this is not everything that, that the Bible says about prayer and some of the topics, but uh, here's a few of them. In, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, uh, Paul writes there, he says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, so we ought to be thankful, and, and, and we ought to give those thanks uh, to, uh, to God about that. And you know, it says, in everything, give thanks. Uh, so, you know, sometimes, you know, there seems to be some people that are just, they're never satisfied with anything, and they don't seem to be thankful for anything. You know, they're, they're not thankful for what they have. They always want more, and then when they get more, they, they're not thankful for that, you know. So, so uh, 
the passage says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And uh, it, everything's a pretty big subject there. There's a lot of things involved in that. And, uh, uh, you know, we ought to be satisfied. You know, we're, uh, well, here, here in the United States, man, you know, we, we are so, we have so much and we've uh, been provided for in, in this society. And, uh, you know, we ought to be grateful for it. Uh, you know, we ought to be grateful, as Jesus said, for our daily necessities. Uh, anything more than that, you know, uh, how can I use that maybe to do God's will rather than my own, you know, uh, rather than, uh, you know, spending it on my own desires, my own, uh, own lusts. Uh, how can I use these, uh, these talents, these things that I have been given uh, to further God's kingdom? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We can certainly have, a, a, there are an awful lot of people that are taking medication uh, because of emotional difficulties and, and uh, uh, so forth. One thing that can be uh, very, very calming uh, is, is knowing that we're doing God's will and, and uh, seeking uh, to to fulfill his will and and uh, uh, asking him to be partners with us and and of course he wants to uh, to do that that'll calm an awful lot of our uh, a lot of our uh, fears Romans chapter one Paul uh, mentions a couple of things and and he mentions uh, prayer and and whatnot but he's 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 talking about uh, the unthankfulness. Uh, of the heathen, basically, uh, and uh, uh, condemning that—that that was something that was uh, that was wrong. And as you read what Paul is saying, uh, I see a nexus being drawn here between idolatry and immorality. And people—I've uh, heard people say that, that well, there's nothing, no, no idols that are here. Well, wait a minute. Whatever you want that you're willing to do anything to get becomes an idol. It doesn't have to be a statue somewhere. Uh, uh, it can be another person. It can be particular things that we, that we want and uh, uh, doing what we desire to do. So Paul says, beginning in Romans 1 verse 20, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhood so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and uh, changed the glory of the incorruptible God uh, into an image made like uh, corruptible man, birds and uh, four-footed uh, animals and creeping things. So uh, to, to some degree, of course, uh, things that people would worship in particular uh, included idols. But, but let's say, for example, your bank account is, is something that's the most important thing in your life. Be careful that that's not idolatry. 
Well, yeah. that's what Paul talks about, covetous, covetousness being idolatry. Yeah, and, exactly uh, right. And, and, and that can be a problem. Well, then uh, we'll mention that uh, we ought to pray for the success of the gospel and so that it be not hindered. Paul, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2. He said, therefore, when we could no longer endure it and, and what had he had said previous to that was he desired to come to the Thessalonians, but he said that uh, Satan had hindered him in some way. He doesn't say uh, uh, what it was that uh, he had done to hinder them, but he couldn't uh, go to the Thessalonians. So he says, therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. So uh, uh, Paul, since he couldn't uh, get there, he uh, sent Timothy, and of course his uh, prayers were that uh, uh, Timothy would be able to get there and he would uh, be able to establish them, to encourage them concerning uh, the faith. There was a lot of difficulty in the first century uh, in, in teaching the gospel. There were a lot of people, a lot of Jews didn't, didn't want them to, to do it. And uh, uh, so, and, and Satan was, was busy. There were people in, in Satan's service that uh, were trying to prevent the gospel from uh, being spread. So, so to, you know, to pray for its success is uh, one of the things that uh, we ought to do. You know? There's a number of ways we can do that. Of course, we, we do that through this uh, radio program and uh, through the podcast that uh, we turn this program into a podcast. And that podcast goes all over the world. So our prayers are that it'll continue to do that. You know, people will find the, find the message and people will learn about what the Bible says. And uh, so that's, that's one of our prayers. And, and we can all uh, pray for, for the truth to have, you know, free course through, uh, throughout the world. I'm looking at uh, uh, Colossians chapter 4 uh, and, and verse 3 where Paul writes, he said, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I'm also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. He certainly was having a hard time uh, with with that. By the way, let me just mention the mystery of Christ. He's talking about there's some secret things there that you have to figure out. Um, and people take that view of the of the Bible and uh, uh, turn it into a into a riddle. And it's not that. Uh, mysteries are things that we just don't know the answers to. If I've never heard the gospel, it's a mystery to me. If Fred teaches me the gospel, then all of a sudden it's no longer a mystery. I know it now. And, and so it's not a, not a secret uh, thing. And, and Fred, you know, you were talking about uh, places where there were hardship that disciples had a lot of hardship in, in preaching and teaching in the first century. But we've got that right here in, in the 20th, uh, what is it, 21st century uh, now. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, up until about uh, 
little over, little under two years ago, uh, the, the government never imposed any restrictions on churches before, did they? But all of a sudden now, the government thinks that it needs to license us or something, give us permission to uh, worship. And, and that's, that's happening in the United States. It's happening right now in, in Australia. It's happened up in Canada. So it's not just in China. Uh, not just in Afghanistan, uh, disciples have problems all over the world seeking to do uh, God's will and 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 being uh, inhibited uh, from from doing that uh, as they as seeking to to obey God. So uh, very often, very often uh, hindered. Paul Paul said in First Corinthians chapter sixteen. And in verse 8, uh, I'll tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door is opened to me. Oh, here's an opportunity now. And there are many adversaries. Uh-oh, there's somebody trying to shut the door. Uh, and, and if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord as I also uh, do. So, so Paul was seeing there, as he wrote to the Corinthians, uh, an, an opportunity for the gospel in Ephesus. We need to seize those opportunities because there'll certainly be plenty of obstructions uh, along the way, uh, uh, no matter who we're trying to teach. Yes, and, and we ought to pray pray for boldness. And of course, in Acts 5, 29, Peter said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So uh, if it comes to the point where uh, men say, well, don't don't pray or don't teach, then uh, the answer is, I'm going to do it anyway because I'm doing it for God. And he says that in Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So, so pray that people would be bold, that, that you'll be bold yourself to, to teach the gospel to uh, whoever you can at every opportunity, no matter who says, no, you can't do it. Hey, you know, I'm working for God. You know, some uninspired man has no authority to tell me not to do what he's told me to do. You ought to obey God rather than men. Let's talk about this a little bit more uh, in in our next conversation. What do you say, Fred? We can pick up and, and say a little bit more perhaps about uh, boldness. We thank you for listening. We hope that, uh, uh, that you have a bold week in uh, studying the Word of God and teaching others the Word of God. And uh, we hope that you'll be with us again next Lord's Day. Bye-bye.